2: Hello and welcome to the 305th episode of the Slow Ride podcast. This is your 2020 Slow Ride podcast Everest champion, Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt, your third
0: place, I guess, just a small hill in the valley in Minneapolis, Everest champion. I got that jumbled up. You know who I am. You're not the Everest champion.
1: And this is Spencer in Boston, proudly your second place eversting champion, uh soon to be first I'm sure upon not disqualification uh of Tim for somehow hill doping. Did in you finish yet? Orlando, Florida. No. Uh I have not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you made you made kind of a big deal about you. you're you going to you finish so soon and like you know, just kind of wondered, you know. I had a pretty busy week. Uh <laughs> didn't get out yeah. uh as All much right. as I thought I would, um, but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's imminent, it's coming, and uh, I, I'm sure as soon as I do cross that line, the judges are going to hand me that gold medal that mm. I've been waiting
2: for. I got the trophy, well, I mean, Sarah's got the trophy, but yes. it has my name in like eight point font underneath her 20 uh-huh. point font. Um, so guys, we have such a jam-packed episode this week. We have a slew of listener emails. We have a couple of hashtag Ass Slow Rides. Little guy bought himself a folding bike. Can't wait to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We will discuss the long dormant and dusty world champion of cycling belt, bringing that one out of retirement. We're going to talk about our friends, new new cyclists, how we can help them, and above all, little guy is going to, yeah. I, I guess not much. Um, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I was trying I'm to find do. a it's way a, to segue whole, into this. uh a lot of buildup. Fo- <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of buildup. I, I apologize. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, yeah. I was anticipating some kind of segue into a folding bike, but I just didn't. I just couldn't deliver.
0: Okay. I don't have a segue, but I can tell you about the folding bike. Do you want to hear a story about a folding bike? If you could just
1: unpack this story for us, that would be great.
0: Nice. I will unpack it. Hold on. It's three steps. Okay. (laughs) Step one. (laughs) Step one is that um, I've been looking for a bike for my mom. Um, Every couple years, my mom remembers she wants a bike, and I start looking again. And so I've been looking on the trading posts and Craigslist, all all the places, and on the Facebook trading post here in Minneapolis, I wasn't finding any bikes for her. She's pretty small. She needs like a 49, so it's been kind of slim pickings. And I came across this Dahan Classic 3 folding bike from sometime in the 80s, and I said to myself, that looks funny. I've always Uh kind of wanted a folding bike, and... That like I'm like that. My mom can ride that until I find her a normal bike, and then I can have it back. So it can serve. It can serve yeah. as a bridge, the old and, that, and that's switch. how I can justify buying a bike that I don't need. <laughs> now is
2: this a three speed folding bike? Correct.
0: Yep. It's three speed's got a three speed Sturmey Archer. It's um, pretty oh. normal. It looks kind of like the modern, more modern Dahans, but it has this extra giant
2: brace on it that gives it like a little touch of molten. You know.
0: Uh, so um, like okay,
2: so it's got like a down tube, um, brace coming from the handlebars. That's what you're
0: saying. It had yeah, it has a brace. It has a brace. Uh, yeah, a brace that okay. braces the like super high steerer tube. Um, okay, important And it, it's not. as super skinny. It's like a weird dual tube. H- how much
2: did you spend
0: on this? So thing? this is the this is why I was immediately on this. It was forty dollars on the training post. Had flat tires. needed a little you know maintenance. Forty bucks. So how much
1: did you talk them down?
0: I, well, I didn't actually. He had it for 50 and then you clicked through the thing and then he's like, I guess I'd take 40 in there. And I was like, man, 40's good. I'm going to give this guy 40 bucks. If
1: the guy's going to take 40. He'll take, he'll surely take
0: 25. Hey, I only know how to write the ads. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to bargain.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> you, you left some money on the table there, little guy. Money I, that you could be using to find twenty-inch tires for this bike. So
0: there's sixteen-inch tires, oh, of course, oh. and
2: more important.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So obviously, my first stop after bringing this bike home the next day was to ride over to Perennial Cycles here in Minneapolis, which has all your folding bikes. This is an unsponsored sponsorship from them.
2: Yeah. They get your folding it bikes. A, it has a ton of catch sure, from yeah. Orlando, Florida.
0: Yeah, they've they've got all the all the let's just say the goofy
2: stuff, recumbents, whatever, all the weirdo bike stuff. They really they're, love to talk to you about. Where you found this bike? I'm sure.
0: Well, they didn't really care because it's coronavirus, so they've got only one person in the in the store at a time. And oh my
2: god, that in. that line to get into that store, waiting for the guy in front of you that's a recumbent <laughs> guy to, to your turn to come in. Can I, you imagine the length of those conversations?
0: I gotta say, I was I I've, I've got in right uh, in a good time because after me there was a line. So well, I don't know what everyone was chatting and I'm about. sure they
2: really wanted to talk about quill stems.
0: Oh, people so, just chatting Brompton and talk all day, right?
1: I, a little guy just uh, casually admitted that maybe he's the guy holding up the line.
2: I know it was oh. Very, very. Oh well yeah, done. yeah. So, well, so I like did make
0: him pull in. multiple tires off the wall because I one I don't know what I'm I, doing with 16-inch tires. You know, guys, so.
1: I'm I i do not know. I must have come at a good time because you know when I got done there was a line behind me, but there hadn't been a line before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I only bought tires and tubes. Okay, about the things I so, couldn't <laughs> find.
2: So, little guy, you got a 16-inch wheel. You got some 16-inch tires for yep. your Dahan Three folding bike with a crazy brace down tube. Keep us going. Yes. Keep, keep this podcast moving because I'm seeing the, the download load stop as we're in the middle of this story. Well, yeah. people are clicking away. No, 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 no.
0: It's awesome. <laughs> um, I get it home. I put the tires on, I get it all slightly tuned up. I had to overhaul the headset. It has this giant, massive, like 44 millimeter diameter. It's huge, it's weird. Cause it just has one giant race. Um, it's all wobbly, so I take it apart. It's missing two bearings. That's probably why it's so wobbly. So I, I go, game. I find yeah. two bearings. Um, somehow the bearings in there are a little bit smaller than your standard one-fourth bearing that the whole world seems, to, I thought, used.
2: Thanks for coming to Bearing Corner.
0: Well, anyway, I had to really <laughs> do some trickery to get the bearings in there. Anyway, I got did, it did set you up. the
2: bearing and in straight?
1: It, yeah, you know, it works. Tim, just a quick sidebar, Tim.
2: That was a bearing straight joke for the, was, the people <laughs> keeping track at home. <laughs> that, was yeah, that was good. That was I'm good. I'm starting that
1: was good. to I'm starting to feel bad for these uh, shop employees. No, no,
2: you got to feel bad.
0: Here, here's where it gets funny. And okay. Here's where it gets oh, super oh, funny. Oh wait, wait. There's a payoff. No, there's a payoff here. There's a couple <laughs> payoffs. One, I eventually ride the bike, and it's still really wobbly, and it's kind of frightening to ride. Okay. I think so I, there's a bushing mom. I have to replace. But while I'm trying to understand how to take apart this headset, because it's unlike any headset I've ever looked at, I did a quick search on YouTube to see if anyone had a video of doing this. And, uh-huh. of course, somebody came up, uh-huh. and I load the video. And as I do that, I look at their their, their YouTube name, and it's Mercedes Diesel guy. And I'm like, well, okay. I'm yeah. a Mercedes Diesel guy. obvious, yeah, okay, I'm a type. Obviously, I'm a type. So the video starts. I'm loading like the fifth video of a series of taking <laughs> this bike apart, and it's there's an intro, you know. And he's the guy's like, oh, you know, I uh, after doing the video last time, um, a lot of people started asking me about my uh, why I wasn't working on the van again. <laughs>
2: a lot that of people they saw were in
0: just the back. A,
2: just a lot of people just sitting there going like, man,
0: I guess. And so now I couldn't believe it. Now I was, like, smacking my head, like, so this guy making these videos has a diesel Mercedes, has a Vanagon, just like he's me, that he life. should be working on. I um, felt <laughs> pretty weird. So I looked at the guy's page. He seems to be Canadian. I guess he's Canadian me. Uh, he also, well, like, I mean, has owned mid-90s Subarus, which I've also owned, and he seems to like
2: Volvos. So... Um, I You've guess I got to get in touch with this guy. I, well, I was, that was my next question. Did you... I mean, you don't email a guy like this. I mean, surely you're going to send him a postcard. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be like, hey, I think you're my long-lost brother. Um, <laughs> Dial up the prodigy.
0: Get, yeah. him, get him on the... So, I, super cool dude. Check him out on YouTube. <laughs> he's super
2: cool. Mercedes into, diesel guy. So He's into all the coolest stuff. This is... Obviously the coolest stuff. Um, little guy, I can't wait. Can you can you put a picture of the folding bike up on the old Instagram? I already did. It would be awesome to, uh, send, to show the fans. Head well, over to at the Slow Ride Pod, yeah. and you can see. It's oh, there. the great it's stuff, there. little guy.
0: Um, so yeah. I, I so, will definitely give an update if I ever get it to not scare the hell out of me to ride. I'm looking forward to that day.
1: This, this uh, uh, YouTube guy, I assume he had some sort of uh, – Nine speed can't be equipped road bike as well. Yeah. Right. I we didn't, not got that deep. I
0: did not dig that deep into okay. his. his it, um, I just there. sort of did a casual and it was like, oh, he's hitting on way too many things that I <laughs> uh-huh. like and I'm feeling
2: uncomfortable. <laughs> so that also leads into another conversation I was having. Got my friends that are really getting into cycling, um, really going deep. Seems like they're big fans of Yellow Lotto. Absolutely stoked on that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, husband and wife or husband and wife to be team. They both uh-huh. got bikes. They're ready to go. This was the reflector. Remember how I took the reflectors uh, yes. off?
1: How could we forget?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, that crime I did when I took the reflectors off this bike. This <laughs> okay. now goes to the next question. The question is, what would you recommend to somebody for like their first upgrade? in cycling Mm. this was this was a question that was presented so i'll go first clearly in completely unbiased opinion you need a quality pair of bib shorts like that is the number one upgrade that you should do is the bib short sure um it does take a leap of faith to wear the the lycra out on the road the spandex out on the road if you will but bib shorts is where i would start Um, and then my second piece of advice was new pedals like get okay. some clipless pedals, pedals.
0: oh yeah. just clipless what if they already have clipless pedals i mean like you could buy a bike with clipless pedals yeah I, sure I, but
2: they, they they do not i, I okay. you know i think that they, they're going the route you know hybrid and then also a uh kind of off-shelf mm. uh gravel bike so i was like get okay. get some clipless pedals clipless is a big one
0: i don't know if that would be my first if you're not riding this bike all spandexed out if this is your commuter and you want to be cruising more i'd say tires Buy a pair of nice tires. I think people are too afraid sometimes to ride, you know, air quote, nice tires on their, like, commuters. But mm-hmm. nothing could, I think, make your commute or just casual rides better than a nice pair of tires as opposed to the, like, bricks that come on many non-race it's, bikes out there, you know? Um,
2: I got you. So, so nice tire upgrade? That's a, that's a good a Because, I mean, that's, it's your um, contact to the road. All right, I was just uh, I just didn't know if there was others. I mean, I think that the other one that always comes up to me was getting a really nice helmet for the first time was also <laughs> eye-opening experience for me from like yeah. the yeah. the roadmaster he- like styrofoam helmet and then uh friend of the pod Jim Oliver once told me like the best way to you know, spend a lot of money on the helmet because you get more vents. It's going to be way lighter and it's way better. And that's the first time I did that. I was like, "Wow, this is absolutely amazing. I will wear this helmet anywhere." Yeah. And that's kind of uh, the other the other thing I was thinking of that you could get is just it's okay to splurge the money on the helmet because it also protects you.
0: Yeah, and set. especially if you're going to wear it because it's comfortable enough to not bug you. I've certainly had helmets in the past that bugged me where I don't want to wear them, and nothing's going to keep you safe. If it also bothers you and you're and you're likely to to ignore it when you're walking out the door on purpose, mm-hmm. I would say one thing that's important to splurge on would be a left cycling glove. It's like maybe you got a right cycling glove. I'd say a left cycling glove.
1: <laughs> okay. Oddly specific, but um, I just
0: go to the Slow Ride Podcast Instagram and maybe you know.
1: Okay. Um. You know, Tim. I don't. I'm still trying to just really grasp how new to cycling this person is new. Uh, it sounds like they're fairly new. So I think my, uh, uh, my number one suggestion, um, would be, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, do I need carbon wheels? You know, do I need whatever? Um, no, if, if they don't already have it, the, um, you know, if they really want to join the cycling community, the club, they're going to have to buy a Subaru Outback. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they do not have a subaru outback now does it do do you put a car rack on top of the subaru outback or are we running a quad off the back what what's the what's the what's the rage right now in the, among the subaru outback community of cyclists
1: so i'm gonna say um depending on their where they want to fit in the uh in this in the hierarchy of cycling yeah, your options at the at the top are going to be a one up rack and then a kuat for, you know, cat 2 level, pretty good. And then uh, you know, a roof rack if you're just uh, messing around.
2: That's that's some very solid advice. Thank you for that, uh, Spencer. I got one more. So this guy's mostly been riding with you
0: and his wife. It sounds like he should upgrade some of his riding buddies maybe.
2: That's a good. Is good. Idea. Ah, gotta, like make yeah. the rides more enjoyable. Okay. Hey, here's the best upgrade for you. Don't listen to Tim. <laughs> Yeah, like. So let's get into um, one of my favorite topics that's kind of been dormant here on the Slow Ride Podcast. Of course, I am talking about the world-famous and little, little cited Slow Ride Podcast <laughs> Championship belt. This is when we, the, the purveyors of this fine podcast, identify the most important person in cycling at that moment. In yeah. the very beginning, we put it at Sagan. And it kind of sat at Sagan for a while, for almost eight or nine months because we never talked about the championship belt again and he's (laughs) awesome because at that time we had some disagreements on how we were going to issue the belt because we always felt that it needs to be taken away well as the committee and as the founder of this committee of the championship belt new rules it's whoever's winning cycling that month that week we're going to okay. deem who it is. They don't need to be taken off the pedestal. They need to keep it on the pedestal. So Sagan, oh, Sagan had okay. it first. Roglic took it away for him, um, little-known ski jumper. I don't know exactly why Roglic got it, but it was in my notes that he had it for about a week before Matthew Vanderpool came and KO'd the entire cycling population as owned this belt for about a year since we've talked about it. We have a yeah. couple of problems here. One is it's, it's only men have won this belt. I mean, granted only three people have ever won this belt. So new committee rule. There's now a women's championship belt. I feel so, like
1: we discussed giving it to Mariana Voss, but she got beat out by Vanderpoel, I think in yeah. that last one, uh, and because it was a, it was a unisex fit belt, but now we're going to break it out into two.
2: I think we should break it out into two. Okay. Cause I I think that there's usually going to be a couple of candidates and it should not always just run by, I mean, Matthew Vanderpoel, I mean, he's retired from the belt conversation because he's owned it for so long. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you win the yellow bag three times. You should just retire. I'm going to enter into the conversation for the last month of for quarantine in particular. Okay. The championship belt should have gone to Lachlan Morton a very long time ago.
0: That's true. Interesting.
2: That's, that's totally fair. He's so,
0: kind of the d- only rider.
2: Now, we like to run things unanimous here. Yeah, I am not saying Lachlan still has it, but I would say that for a year of not even talking about the championship belt that Matthew Vanderpoel had for about three months, Lachlan Martin was owning the quarantine time of cycling. Yeah. So he yeah. deserves the belt at that moment. Little guy, I know you agree with me. I totally agree. Spencer, He's- you're a contrarian. So tell me why Lachlan Martin did not deserve the belt.
1: Well, he didn't win anything.
2: He did he raced, actually. He raced by he himself. He nobody won Everest. Raced. He won
0: things. He won Everest. He won the he, trail. He's got that the fastest like a span of the,
2: He's got the fastest known time on the trail on the mountain bike trail out there in Utah or Colorado, wherever it is, somewhere out there.
0: It's I think it crosses
2: Colorado. He's <laughs> got the the Groff thing right, Lands End to John. I don't know the thing in right, the right, UK. Right, right, right. All these
1: things that nobody does. Like I get it.
2: What do you mean no one does? A lot of people do these things.
1: Well, I, didn't, I I don't know if you forgot. It, I did an
2: Everest and Lachlan Morton beat me twice.
1: Well, that's fair.
2: <laughs> so I would say Lachlan Morton had it until last week when it was ripped from his hands by Alberto Contador, um, the new Everest winner. So I am going to say that Alberto Contador has the belt and took it from Lachlan Morton.
0: Yeah, I think he has it. I mean, I think we should give it to him, if nothing else, because what are the chances that he ever wins the belt again? I mean, he's technically retired, right?
2: Yeah, but as you will soon see on my nomination on the women's belt, at the same time, is current Everesting champion Emma Pooley, who took 15 minutes off the uh, then record of the Everest Challenge, also retired, also slaying it. So... Uh-huh. I'm putting out to the table for vote: Alberto Contador and Emma Pooley, your new champions of cycling, the Slow Ride Podcast Championship Belt. Uh, I'll vote with you on those wow. in the affirmative. Oh, wow! Well, hmm. In the affirmative, wow. but wow. convince well, us otherwise, Spencer. Because I'm wow,
1: wow. Okay, all right. <laughs> One more so wow. you're going to award cycling's championship belt the the the. the Greatest achievement a cyclist can get in the world of professional cycling.
2: Absolutely, that is not an understatement.
1: But you're going to give it to whoever just did the best eversting recently. No, like no. That's,
2: that's, what else has happened recently? What else okay. has happened? I think this is the important we, we thing don't, here. We so
0: get it. we get real bike racing next week, but what do we have? And,
1: right and now? so I'm going to nominate uh, um, someone over <laughs> Emma Pooley, based exactly on that. Like, what else has happened? Nothing. Nothing else has happened, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean you give the championship belt away to whoever did something.
2: Okay. Now, Could,
1: and I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna. I'm gonna nominate Celine Carmen Del Alvarado, world champion of cyclocross, who won in dramatic, crushing fashion uh, just a few months ago, so and just a few captivated years ago. the whole cyclocross world. Okay. And I think. I think nothing has outshone that yet. And it's certainly okay. not an Everesting
2: challenge. So wait, Spencer, you're saying that so you're still going the route that it needs to be it needs to be won. It just can't be given.
1: No, I mean I think if you're needs- going to if the belt is gonna change hands, something spectacular needs to have happened. And okay. I what? am not considering Everesting? A, an Everesting challenge to be okay. all that spectacular. Okay. I haven't even finished mine yet. It's not that great.
2: <laughs> okay, let, okay. Two things here. Spencer didn't finish the world I, championship I, either. Spencer, I could be getting to your court. I, I could, I could be coming over to you on the Celine Del Carmen Alvarado as the champion because she did win. However, on the men's side of the belt, uh-huh. Matthew Vanderpool has had it for so long; it is right. time for it to be taken ripped away from him. I. Because we didn't even talk he, about it. That's why Lachlan Morton is in my book of just he dominated quarantine for so long. So let's say, right. and, uh, and, let's say, and, let's say, and, say Alberto uh, doesn't take it from him. Let's say it's just Lachlan. Well, I think Lachlan won it fair and square.
1: Sure, that and I'll, and I'll give you that at least because uh, uh, Vanderpoel just hasn't done anything at all, and no one else in men's cycling has done anything very exciting either you know what i mean like except Vanderpol <laughs> won the belt i'm sure after amstel i'm sure that's when we gave it to him and you know he won the cross world championship whatever and like we weren't even that thrilled about it. we were just like well yeah of course well you know like it's not races. inspiring <laughs> yeah. whereas Elvarado's win at world championships was inspiring you know what i mean okay
2: so Matthew Vanderpool, like you said, I mean, what was his streak? Like, he won 77% of the races he entered, or something like that. So, even on the road, that's, that's
0: the road. I, I think in cross, yeah. he won like 98%. So, yeah. I so think Spencer, he lost one.
2: Let's say yeah, it's tough to vote against Alvarado. <laughs> I will vote for Alvarado. Sure. Okay. Well, now we need to get
1: a unanimous vote because the little guy tossed his vote. He threw it away, <laughs> voting for, you know, in this two party system. So, so, yeah.
0: Look, so next guy, next you, week, we'll get bike racing back, and little, then this can be... We'll have so many guy, you more want, you want chances. I don't know. That was great, but that was a while ago, man. Pooley took 15 minutes.
2: 15 minutes. Little guy, this is bad radio. Here, just just say yes to Alvarado. <laughs> just so we can move on? Yes. Sure. Alvarado. <laughs> unanimous choice for Alvarado has the <laughs> women's championship belt, the most important hero... Now, onto the men's side. I'm just going to let's take away Contador. Let's just go Lachlan Morton.
1: I could be convinced that Lachlan was the only one doing anything interesting in cycling. I don't know if under normal circumstances this would hold up, but given the circumstance and that no one was doing anything, his, his big rides and certainly the double Everesting was the highest level of interest and excitement and uh, sacrifice that we've seen all year so far in cycling. Um, Contador beat him, but did he do it in any sort of dramatic fashion? Like, I like Contador. It was a pretty I mean, cool I, video. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I expect Contador to go up a hill fast. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, feel like retired. the belt, I feel like the belt, like, part of it is, like, what you accomplished, part of it is how you accomplished it, and part of it is the the X factor, right? Like the, wow, that came out of nowhere, or wow, I didn't expect a pro cyclist to go do the, you know, this this ridiculous trail or whatever, uh, for however many hours straight, um, and that that I could buy into, okay, with that angle on Lachlan Morton.
2: All right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, little guy. Thanks for the enthusiastic. Uh, I'm, thinking, really, I'm thinking. He's about really
1: it. into this championship belt idea, Tim. I'm well, like, here's the thing: psyched. is
2: it we just need to get the belt out of Matthew Vanderpool's hands because it's never gonna leave his hands once racing starts. That's like the problem here. Yeah, I'm for Lachlan having it. It's
0: not that I'm against that. I'm just I'm weighing Spencer's logic.
2: I
1: mean, do you need more time?
2: Yeah. Do you like? This, this no, is no, no,
0: radio. no. It's fine. I think Contador taking it obviously is important, but I see what you're saying, Spencer. I see the the out of the ordinary. I guess I feel like I expect Contador to be be just sipping beers right now, you know. But yeah, no, that's well, true. but
1: I mean, if you want to make an argument for Contador, I you know maybe you can convince me. That's you know maybe you can convince both of us.
0: No, I mean, so I kind of want Lachlan to have it because I think he should, w- when quarantine started, we should have given mm-hmm. it to him and then yes. mm-hmm. he that he could have had it this whole up time. For- I'm definitely for the fact that he is the only rider that has been bringing their sponsor any uh-huh. semblance of, of value, I guess, you know, if we're going to look at it that way. A few riders otherwise, but really.
1: It sounds like we're all in agreement that Lachlan should have had it. Now the question is, did Contador take it away?
2: did he did beat it with one ride out of nowhere i will say that the ride did come out of nowhere it yeah, was out it d- of
1: nowhere
0: i mean i did, I not, did expect not expect Albert or <laughs> contador to be fit enough to yeah. do that
2: with the judgment and the the great argument that spencer made i do and little guy I think with it i think we're just going to give keep it with lachlan martin valiant effort by the retired contador mm-hmm. but lachlan did capture cycling uh Fandom for about three months there, and who knows what else is up his sleeves right now. So maybe they'll make him do regular racing for a little bit. Who
0: knows? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I do, I mean, I will say <laughs> the the Contador challenge to the belt was maybe the most exciting thing that has happened in the last couple of months, uh, and we're just finding out about it now. So breaking news here on the Slow Ride podcast. You
2: know, that's right. But he
1: mm-hmm. he, he fell just short. Um, yeah. You know, so maybe
2: maybe he'll try again. I don't know. You yeah. know, I think we do need a. We do need to get to our reporter in the field who is there to talk about how the championship belt is received in the professional peloton. Of course, let's go to our sideline reporter, Michael Matthews. What up? This is Tom Squinch,
0: and you're listening to this low Ride.
2: All right. Once again, we would like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can support the network and also take advantage of the sweet gear gear that we have in the Wide Angle Podium store. Couple quick shout outs to the Wide Angle Podium buff and mask so you can be the most stylish person on your commute in the elevator or wherever you need to wear a mask, which is apparently now finally almost all 50 states Um, (laughs) special shout out. Also our slow ride podcast, episode 300 special limited edition t-shirts will be shipping soon to those that pre-ordered this week. Mm -hmm. And we do have a limited supply of extras that you could take advantage by visiting
1: wideanglepodium.com slash shop.
2: Yes wideanglepodium.com slash shop so head there to get all of your Wide Angle Podium gear including the limited edition slow ride podcast shirts and last week I told you all about No Training Wheels one of my favorite podcasts on the network and this week it's Little Guy's opportunity to tell you about his favorite show that he's been checking out on the network
0: uh, I really enjoyed the Cycle Cross, Cross Radio this week uh, I think the most recent one was the Rebecca Farringer episode mm-hmm. really yeah. good I liked the uh, learning what pros are doing, and I and I've I heard this other pros, and I really like what they got with her was that she was kind of excited about not having to race some, and just being able to ride, which I think is really funny when pros are like, "Man, finally a chance to not race a little bit." But um, yeah, it's a great, it's a it's a really great interview.
2: Check what out. I also found uh, great about that interview was the the dilemma of getting americans uci points and if they go away when the americans aren't able to race but they may be racing in europe where the uh, virus is under a little bit more control so check that out Mm. wideanglepodium.com and look for cyclocross radio um, and see what bill and the gang bring to you each and every week on the important things of cyclocross and grodio gravel lot so many other great shows consummate athlete and of course our friends at bike shop cx We'd also like to thank our good friends at Grimper Brothers for their continued support with two wide-angle podium-specific blends that support the network. First up is we have Hello Cyclocross Friends, an espresso blend, and we have Listener Mail in support of the Bike Shop CX.
0: Yeah, I got a little uh, jingle for them. If if you can ever... Uh, we ever get to a point where you can invite people over to your house again like for brunch? This is the jingle. It goes, don't be a skimper, serve them grimper.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. It's there you
0: got go. some legs. It's got you know, legs. I
1: Honestly, wasn't expecting much, but you really crushed it. That was, that come was on. pretty it's, good.
0: It's catchy. I mean, come on. Let's it's not the cheapest coffee, but it's delicious coffee.
1: Give it give it to me one more time. <laughs> Just a little, a little extra
0: mustard. Okay. okay. <laughs>
1: I can't do it.
0: <laughs> Don't be a skimper, serve them grimper. All right. It was better the first time, but, you know, you'll get it. And then somebody, like, I'm assuming and in the commercial there'll be, like, a little animated fella or lady with a little cycling cap, and they'll sort of, like, tip the cycling cap off their head to you when, when they say grimper, and then there'll be, like, beans in the cap.
2: Oh, so yeah, it's got yeah, an this animated says, feel. Yeah, this is yeah, good. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It'll be It'll be, like, a cute little... Wiggly you think it's like a thing. triplets, of
1: Belleville style animation, or are you thinking uh, more like uh, Looney Tunes?
0: Uh, I was thinking more kind of uh, just uh, sort of like uh, the, Mr. P. The, no, the um, what was <laughs> the, the 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 kilowatt guy who was like the Northern States Power um, person in the '60s? Just kind uh, of a little line yes. drawing wow. that dances on a on like a white background. Uh, wait, and way to it, regionalize the podcast <laughs> at
2: SP. For, well, no, here's the thing. For those not in Minnesota, that was the power company that existed 25 years ago.
0: <laughs> come on, you know our local power company, right? Everybody's got all the utilities. Uh, anyway, right, well. it will be very sparse animation, and then the hat comes out, and the beans come to life and float out of the hat, and then you see the like real picture of the beans, and you're like, right. I won't skimp, on the Beans. All right, well, hold
1: hold something back for your pitch uh, to <laughs> to Dan over there at Cramper Brothers because okay. you know you really got to You want to you want to reel them in a little bit, but you want to really hit them with the uh, with the marketing gold once you've got them at the table. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I'm
0: assuming their uh, their check to me for that is in the mail.
1: Uh huh. I'm sure it is. Um, and uh, last but not least, we want to remind you guys about the Miracle Whap. Uh Yes. It's true. We've solved cycling here at Wide Angle Podium, uh, and you uh, can also solve it for yourself heading over to BucklerSkinCare.com uh, and picking up the Miracle wap for yourself. It is chamois cream. Uh, it is wonderful. The tingle is the miracle. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll thank us later. Let's
2: get back to the show.
1: It's Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast.
2: All right, guys, here we are. We have a slew of emails, at least eight to get through. We have two great hashtag AskSlowRides. Let's dig right in. Colin Clay emails us to say, Hey, guys, just started listening to the pod a little while back, and I'm already a fan. I know you are all discussing new DK (laughs) names. I currently live in Kansas, not far from Emporia, and I was doing a gravel ride and I came up with an idea. But before I discuss the name, we first have to change the name of gravel. We should all start calling gravel (laughs) Country Cobble. Then we can call the DK the Kansas Country Cobble Classic. I also know you are against having the location in the name in case it moves, but as a current Kansan, I really wanted to stay there. I hope Uh you take this into consideration and would appreciate you calling gravel country cobble from now on (laughs) nice I do want to point out that Colin Clay is Colin with a C and Clay with a C and he wants us to call it country cobble (laughs) with Uh a C and a C in the classic the country cobble classic sorry Colin I'm not so into the letter C (laughs) it's like it's on the bad guy from Sesame Street I deny you
1: so, I, there, yeah, there's a couple things in this email that we need to address. Um first of all, rebranding gravel, can it be done? No. The, the and the if so, <laughs> should it be country cobble? Because I we like see country where it's going. Cobble. Yeah, like cobblestones are uh, uh you know, historic and uh, revered in road cycling, so you know, trying to tie that in and uh, draw in, in that roadie crowd, I guess, uh, calling it country cobble. I don't know if uh, if that's uh, you know the ticket there. I don't, but I understand the direction.
0: Well, here's what's nice. I think one, I'm going to try to say that I'm going to go do a cobble this weekend. I'm going to try to say that sort of thing. I'm going to go ride some country cobble. Two, uh, uh, there's the food cobbler. Um, yeah, which I like is a good cobbler. Which and, is delicious. And and there's usually at some point like a neutral stop on a lot of these bike races. So I don't think anyone would complain about going to a country cobble where there was a cobbler share midway through. I'm and just saying.
2: if Adam Hansen's on the side of the road to fix he's, your shoes. He's a cobbler. You, you could have uh-huh. yeah. the country cobble cobbler on the side of the road yep. fixing your shoes. All
0: right. You could watch the so, Adam Sandler movie The Cobbler.
2: Okay, Colin yeah. Clay, you, you may be getting closer.
0: So the
1: yeah, the other thing to consider here is if you rebrand gravel, all of a sudden it opens up just a whole a whole slew of um, uh, tongue in cheek goofball, you know, pun names for races, um, you know, like the cobble cobbler gobbler or whatever. <laughs> um, you oh, know, you
0: know that one.
2: Things
1: like that. We're we're, we're running low on gravel pun. Uh, race names and so we need to expand that
2: cobble gobble oh yeah that's that's my that's my um, Thanksgiving uh, gravel race a lot of people talk about uh, you know the turkey trot it's got nothing on the cobble gobble because that is um, by far the best uh, way to burn the uh, calories before you eat your big meal
0: I'm Uh, right I'm doing a race that goes on at the same time Tim where you have to ride it with your kid it's called the cobble gobble swaddle oh oh it's a li- it's a little, it's a little bit of a stretch. Let's just say that maybe I thought of it and then I didn't That's say it out loud. And then the when cobble, I did, it didn't the, quite sound right. But the cobble, uh, gobble, swabble. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, uh, thanks for the email, uh, Colin. Let's get to another one. This is from friend of the pod, Justin Bristol. At risk of turning this into the Floyd Landis Appreciation Hour, I wanted to share my story of ouch era Floyd. It was 2009 U.S. Pro National Championships in Greenville, and we just happened to be staying at the same hotel as the ouch team. I'm sure just happening to stay at that hotel. Uh Definitely
0: didn't cyber-stalk. Yeah, I didn't do any research into that.
2: You did your research, Justin. (laughs) After the race, Floyd and some team staff were sitting next to the pool with a case of Budweiser. Yeah. I walked up and said, hey, man, I don't want to bother you, but I am. I just wanted to say I'm glad you're back. He offered me a beer, but rescinded when I told him that I was underage. (laughs) Classic. Then he said, you want like an autograph? And ripped off a piece of the Budweiser case and signed it with a holiday in ballpoint pen. I think I lost it later in a move. Oh. Is Floyd Landis signing a piece of the Budweiser case with a ballpoint pen? Arguably Uh the, the greatest Floyd Landis move.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a strong move. It's
0: right there. Yeah. I bet he was by far the mechanics favorite rider ever because every other writer probably was like, I got to get to bed early. We got to race tomorrow. And Floyd was like, let's party dudes. I'm on ouch <laughs> yeah. now. This stuff doesn't
2: matter anymore. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I got a, I got a case of bud in the car. If you want to go down to the so, pool,
2: should we be mad at Justin for losing that autograph?
0: No. I mean, what are you going to do?
1: No. I mean, I think the story lives on. We don't, uh, the autograph part of it
2: doesn't really matter. <laughs> Yeah, okay. The physical autograph, anyway.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's the memories that count.
2: Hey guys, help! Understanding an alley cat race. I've always Uh loved the idea of an alley cat race, but I've never had the guts to commit to one, nor the single speed and or fixie to do so with, so when a gravel cross alley cat race was announced nearby, I thought, this is it! This is when I finally do an alley cat race. It's off the roads, away from cars, and in the trees. The only problem is, I realize, I'm not even sure what happens in an alley cat race. To make matters more complicated for me, racing the racing being held will be done so in a language I am still learning as well. French, help me, Slow Ride. What should I do? I really want to do this event, and I'm assuming you guys have the lowdown on this sort of thing. <laughs> French. Thanks and keep up the good work. Jake Sorensen um, with Country Code 33. I don't know what that is. Let me check that. So what do you guys think uh, while I'm digging in where this is? France.
1: Well... So, my experience with alley cats uh, have not been gravel race France. slash alley cat okay. slash cycle cross. So, some of this may not apply, yeah. but uh, for anyone wondering, the basic format of an alley cat race would be that, uh, sort of like a scavenger hunt almost, is at the start you're going to be given a a list of places to go and whoever gets to all those places first and then to the finish is the winner. And um, so you can do those, uh, those checkpoints in in any order that you want. It's like a choose your own Um, adventure. It is. And you know, it's still a speed race, but it's also a thinking like you need to route yourself uh, the most efficient way that you can, which is the true challenge of a good messenger was how well you could route yourself. And often better routing was, was, you know, more beneficial than so, being fast.
0: Yeah.
2: So, a lot of times in these races, also, um, Jake, they do a, the, um, they, they don't always have people at the checkpoints to stamp your paper to say that you checked in. So, sometimes they <laughs> might be asking a question. Yeah. So, the three yeah. of us have traveled extensively across the country for alley cats. So, we are, amongst other things, experts in this as well. I mean, yeah. you have come to the right place for alley cats. So, let me give you some tips. If they say something along the lines of "What time does the uh, the hotel at the end of the Kabul grauble, the cobble <laughs> the Kabul, um lane at the end of the forest open?" You don't yeah. actually have to go there. You just pick up your telephone and you call and you say, "What time do you open?" Yeah. Um, yeah. That was we did a race in Milwaukee where it was like. What is the you know the big art show on the second floor of the art museum? So we we the three of us were like, well, let's call them. Let's so we called them, and yeah. amazingly, the information lady was like, "You're like the sixth person to call so far today to ask what art show is going on up there." <laughs> I
0: don't know what to tell you about the language thing. I I I'm assuming they're going to be miming everything, so I don't think language should be a big
2: problem. <laughs> but Jake here's do yourself a favor just profile everybody in there at the race just profile them and just mm-hmm. stick with whoever looks the fastest i see i like,
0: think that's tough because i i do that at races i feel like every every time super bowl in minneapolis i showed up um there would be a bunch of out-of-town people with fancy bikes like hot track bikes and they'd have all this stuff and they'd look fast and then the race would start where were they
2: well, that's why we can give him profiling tips.
0: Well, I mean, I, okay. Right? Like, I just feel like, like I would like, always
2: psych. Let's myself help out. someone find out who's fast.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say. So here's the thing: if you're doing this in a country that you're not super familiar with yet, in a language you're not super familiar with yet, you're going to be at a big disadvantage. So, I would say follow literally anyone that you want, <laughs> and you're going to do better than you will do on your own. Um, when I briefly lived in Philadelphia for three months or so, I did one alley cat while I was there. Uh, It started at night and I didn't know the city at all yet. And everybody rode away and I was like, I, I don't know where I'm going.
2: You just go (laughs) to the finish.
1: (laughs) I pretty much just went to the finish and was like, "Well, well, well, it was a waste of 10 bucks, whatever. And, uh, yeah, so definitely just pick whatever wheel you want. Have a good time. And, uh, get the, get the feel for the alley cat because the next time around you're not going to be the noob, somebody else will be. And, uh, and they'll be following your wheel.
2: I would say alley cats is what got me into bike racing. It's my favorite. Oh, sure. It's probably my favorite style of racing just for the pure, like speed skills, routing and the different techniques. Like we'd always talk about, I mean, we would talk about it for a week after we did it. Like the three of us would sit around and talk about. You know who attacked who where, and then the idea of what streets to go on. Like, oh, you always go on the busy street because it carries more traffic, so lights are going to be more favorable.
1: All three of us would have done a a slightly different route, and we'd be like, oh, what did you do between? How did you get from you know A to B, whatever? And you'd be like, oh, you went that way. Oh, I totally went this way. It was it was real good. And you'd be like, yeah, my way was kind of kind of sucked. So that's good.
2: And then we'd always have fun, like just creating different courses. So maybe Jake, you have fun and then you can create your own alley cat, um, you know, after a little bit of time, be a lot of fun to see. So thanks so much for writing in Jake. Uh, Good to see next email kind of back to back two of them. This one comes in subject full Schleck from Greg. Hey guys, always thought, that part of a full schleck isn't just a scrawny chest, but a hairless scrawny chest. <laughs> My question is, what would Whoa. we call it when a fully unzipped jersey exposes a hairy chest? Putting on a climbing sweater? Love the podcast. Whoa. Keep up the good work. This one kind of hits close to home.
0: Yeah, 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 it does.
1: Climbing sweater. Whoa. Um, well, you know, I... Oh, God. It's just uh. full schlack
0: extra base layer? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Schleck, um, full Schleck yeah, with the Schleck, base layer,
0: yeah, full Schleck with the base layer.
1: Schleck does uh, invoke that imagery because he was a hairless man, a famously hairless man. Yeah, they have no um, hair. But I don't know that that means that that is required, right? Um, because uh, you know, some some of some of us on this podcast are, are blessed. Uh, you know (laughs) just some of us (laughs) some some of us uh who maybe or maybe not nicknamed super rookie uh earned themselves an
2: alternate nickname of (laughs) the (laughs) Wookiee, super (laughs) Wookiee. yeah i always thought that would be a really good halloween costume and then i saved a ton of money by not having to rent a chewbacca outfit
1: oh very good um but so i guess the question is to to can't put this in context, uh, little guy, for for you and I, is if Tim was riding around with his jersey open, would we call it full slack?
0: No, I think I, my first thing would be I would I would talk about the Wookie. So I yeah I, I yeah. guess not. The, yeah.
2: So Wookie distracts. I yeah, see. It's so very let's distracting. Um, let's couple this to the email that we received no less than two hours after from <laughs> Jesse Reitz. Court little guy, super rookie, and nicknamed to be determined, Spencer. I've been wearing the buff mask for about the last 90 days. The past two weeks have been full Schleck weather. What do you call the full unzip with a neck buff? Sorry yeah. for the risky, risky sternum photo. <laughs> Not safe for work. And the Wookiee yeah. was out a little yeah. bit. I uh, hear from friend of the pod, Jesse Reince, one of the fastest guys in Minnesota. He's doing the full buff. I'm doing the full buff when I ride. Um, Uh It does kind of look like you got a turtleneck on there, Jesse. Yeah, (laughs) it's a funny look.
0: (laughs) I've been there. I've been there, man. But it's a funny look. It's weird times. I don't know what... Turtleneck. I kind of like that. It's the turtleneck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that we may have just stumbled upon this uh, a lot sooner than I thought we would. Yeah. You Yeah. You can be full Schleck and turtlenecked at the same well, time.
0: Well, it's snappy. Full slack, turtleneck. Boom, boom. That's true. I yeah. mean, it's sound, it's, you can just see somebody riding the other way in that look and quickly say,
2: full schleck turtleneck. <laughs> Sounds good. I like it. Solved. Guys, still more emails to go. Let's keep pounding <laughs> through. Sam P., a new Wide Angle Podium member, hits us up and says, nice. long-time listeners, first-time caller. Shalom, boys. For the past four years, I have proudly live without owning a car. My city of residence, Washington, D.C., makes that easy with an abundance of bike lanes and robust public transportation. However, just five months ago, I got hired as a bike mechanic in a small shop in the adjacent city of Alexandria, Virginia. The 10-mile ride to work along the Potomac was quite nice in March weather, but when swamp season descended upon us, I knew I would have to betray my fervent anti-car convictions and buy a beater. I found one in early June and love it. But here's the issue. It's a 2001 Pontiac Aztec. In your last episode, you three informed me, you three informed me that the Pontiacs are the worst of all cars to encounter on the road. I don't want that. I want to avoid judgment. What should I do to let cyclists know that I'm not the enemy out on the road? (laughs) Cover the bumper and bike stickers Buy an expensive bike hitch just for the optics? Sell the car? Please no. advise. Sam. Um, so. <laughs> I got some thoughts. Man, there's a yeah.
1: lot. There's a lot here. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just, I need to address, I want to avoid judgment. That was the quote from this email. I want to avoid judgment. <laughs> yet you bought a <laughs> Pontiac Aztec, yeah. maybe the most divisive car <laughs> ever invented.
0: Yeah, you're going to uh, get judged in some way, Regardless. no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, not he, just he, by
2: hey, cyclists, not, not just the just by cycling cyclists. podcast, but uh, uh, all car users.
0: I would argue that the Pontiac Aztec is so weird and so hated that it's coming around now and it's becoming lovable. Okay. Oh, for sure. So I'm oh, excited sure? when I see one now. I used to see, there used to be one on my block and two on the block north of me. They've all died. Um, yeah. And now when I see one, I'm excited.
2: So, so Sam definitely got this one for a deal. I would say of all Pontiacs, the Aztec oh, is definitely the outlier, right? Like this is
0: it's that or the Dustbuster. If you have that or the Dustbuster, they 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 <laughs> they, they fit in a separate category than your Grandams and your whatever Sunfires your Bonnevilles. And all that. Yeah. yeah, that that is danger zone. These ones are so- wacko land.
2: Pontiacs are the uh, uh, worst, is because they always happen to be the ones that run you off the road. If you ever listen to a cyclist, you had to run in. It's a Pontiac. Except I well, never hear the them reason. Say I've never. The heard The reason
1: them. for that is because Pontiac, like we we said back probably in episode hundred somewhere, episode one, Early, early. On. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the the uh, the personality profile that a a car dealer, um, that a Pontiac dealer specifically uh, would have put on a potential buyer in the in the dealership. You know, it's usually a Pontiac, GM, like Chrysler dealer, whatever, a myriad of cars, and uh, a certain type of college-aged douchey individual walks in, <laughs> Chad. and the dealer immediately is like, son, I can put you in, in a Pontiac today. And uh, that, is, the guy that, that you- is where it came from, yeah. but uh, as little guys, you know, very clearly uh, stated earlier, the Aztec and probably that minivan kind of fall outside of that demographic. I don't know how they got in the Pontiac line in general, but they, they are not your typical Pontiac, and
2: therefore, I don't think we're ever really driven by your typical Pontiac driver. It's kind of like when Homer Simpson designed a car on the Simpsons.
1: Oh, yeah. The Aztec is a, a beautiful beast. It is, oh, and you know what? I would, I would honestly say, it is maybe the perfect car for someone who is anti-car and and wants to live that outdoor bicycle lifestyle. Like, uh, you get the tent back for that as tent. Yeah, Sam, do it um, up. Yeah. So, and you just embrace that lifestyle. So how do does Sam? How
2: oh, does Sam on. tell his cycling friends, the cyclists out on the world uh, on the road, that he's one of them? I think two things. One, you just get the DC license plate that's maybe there's like a bike license plate where it supports money to the local bike federation. Like I have that on my car. Like I have the share of the road license plate with a bike here in Florida. It's a good way to kind of see. Um, you can also go Vandy license plate, spend the extra money, you know, like bike's rule. Um th- yeah. that would be a start. And then I'm not a bumper sticker fan. I I I'm a if you want to. Show bikes that that you're one of them. How about you just pass them with more than three feet, <laughs> like 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 you go way over the yellow line to pass them. You block other right. cars. You you, you mm-hmm. turn on the hazards in front of the person because the Aztec produces a nice draft. Maybe you drive in front and you get some people some KOMs.
1: Uh huh. I mean, the, the half the reason you can't put uh, bumper stickers all over that Aztec is you know three quarters of the back end of that thing is is rear view uh, <laughs> rear window. You know. Yeah. Where does the There's bumper there, start?
0: There. Where does it end on that yeah. thing? It's true. I think but, it's uh, great. You can beat the hell
2: out of that. So too. It's great. So let's keep going. Sam, thanks for the wonderful email. This one comes to us from Matt. He hits us up and says, Dear Matt, super rookie yeah. and nickname suggestion, K2. I
0: like it. K2.
2: Love it. I like K2. it. K2. Why? Because it's not Everest. <laughs> it's <laughs> Minneapolis's favorite, Matt. Like many others, I've suffered under the yoke of no group rides this summer. (laughs) To compensate, I've started doing the Carmichael Training Systems plan on Strava. The secret is high cadence. (laughs) It's the first time I've done intervals in a few years, and it has raised an etiquette question. I do my intervals on the roads west of the Twin Cities. I can see quite a few others out there, and don't worry, the waves run freely. How should I handle... It, when my interval ends shortly after I overtake someone or worse, the interval starts shortly after they have passed me. I always feel like an idiot overtaking someone only to stop 30 seconds later. I feel like saying something would only make the situation worse. So I just smile and wave. What should I do? Bonus real world follow-up question. What the hell should I do when someone overtakes me and then proceeds to ride down the on-ramp (laughs) of the (laughs) highway when they are 100 yards ahead of me? Keep it up, guys. (laughs) And always tell us what you really feel. So much here. First, uh, K2, love it. Nice. Second. Minneapolis is his favorite, Matt? I don't know, Matt. Come on. Uh, so you're doing intervals. You're out there on the roads.
1: Minneapolis's favorite, Matt, is certainly on 36th and Cedar.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Matt, we are th- we're we're juicy fighting Lucy. for scraps here, Matt. Um, Spencer, you're out there doing yeah. some interval. Well, okay, let I. Little guy, maybe you should have to answer this one. You're out there doing intervals. Uh, Yeah, we
1: used to do intervals all the time down 24 out west of uh, the cities there, Tim. I don't know about you being an East Side guy, a St. Paul guy, probably don't know about all the great uh, intervals out there to be had around the uh, Lake Independence (laughs) route. So what what, should
2: we? First uh, off, Matt, maybe you need to find a new place to do intervals. That would be the first thing I say because you don't want to do intervals around people. It is awkward. You pass someone, you sit up. You're leapfrogging them back and forth. Um, you don't want to say anything like you mentioned because you'll just come across as looking really like, you know, like, yeah, I'm doing intervals. Um, you know, maybe you wave. But uh, yeah, I'd probably find a new location to do intervals or just not I mean, do that.
1: That's one option. Another option that maybe uh, I think might be better for you in the long run is just to do a few more seconds. Yeah. Like just keep that interval going. A little bit longer, put a little more of a gap. Uh, once you pass that person, uh, if that if that is the choice you're going to make to pass them, just just you know add another 20 seconds. You'll be far enough up the road that it'll be fine. Or my preferred method: <laughs> cut the interval short and don't pass them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm sure if you do a longer series of intervals, I'm sure you can plug that into the Carmichael some way and they'll up your like EPO and HGH doses for that for that week or whatever. That's like, probably how they that's work. possible. I'm sure that's how he did <laughs> it with plans. Um, you know, the, the other option is that, that Carm-
1: Carmichael won't care too much if you just cut 30 seconds
0: off your interval. Yeah, I'd cut it off, I guess. I was thinking about this inter- this, this email because I reading it, I realized I've never done... I've never had a structured intervals. Like, I, I did intervals when I raced, but it was more like I'm gonna go ride Ohio five times, so the length of Ohio is what it is, and that's what yeah. I'm gonna do. And if a car pulls out and I have to stop, well, then it pulls out and stops. But I never did like I have a co- I have a plan, I have a coach, or I came up with a plan and I need to do 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Right. I I, I, I hadn't really thought about the fact that I'd never had- <laughs> my my structure was that I went down and I did river bottoms and then I I sprinted. I sprinted every other block off the stop sign all the way home, you know, but like that it's was, that was just random and it was to like whatever random was the first part car. I don't know. I was realizing how little structure I had in my racing life and that could be why I sort of plateaued at a
2: point. So there you go. Possible. Uh, so what about the real life question? It sounds like he was overtaken by someone that then proceeded to go down a highway <laughs> on ramp. <laughs>
0: That's super funny. Like, um, like
2: on their bike, like just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you Minneapolis's favorite Matt, and then immediately <laughs> proceeding down a uh, on ramp onto a highway.
0: But a hundred yards is pretty far. I mean, you you really got to shout to get some, especially <laughs> at the highway. So <laughs> there's a lot of noise. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I guess you try to yell, but they're gonna I, figure it um, out. I think. I think I
2: would turn and go the other way.
1: Here's the thing: you never know what that person is doing. <laughs> Um because yeah. they could be participating in an alley cat race oh. at that very moment. Yeah. And be taking the shortcut yeah. down the highway, yep. which I have personally done. Yeah. Uh in I've, two different occasions. I, I
2: did this once. This is a this is a very important tactic, Spencer. That yeah. sometimes in Alley cats, the fastest way from point A to point B is on the interstate. Yeah. Um all the way over there on that shoulder to get to the next exit. Some people would argue. That it's illegal, but it's an alley cat, and all you're doing is illegal things on the bike yeah. anyway. That it's actually a pretty brilliant yeah. and safe move.
0: But, you know, this person could have been not doing an alley cat and be like the, me the time I was in Cincinnati and misread the map on the way to get back to their hotel and end up on the mm-hmm. highway at night with no lights. And that oh. was terrible. And uh, it was bad. a little farther to the exit than I was hoping. Um so they might have just been a bozo from out of town who can't read a map. So I don't know.
1: So uh, what would you have preferred in that situation, little guy? Somebody shouting at you from a, you know fifty yards, sixty <laughs> yards behind you. I'm sure there's a ton of cars
2: uh, yelling at him. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> or or you know just letting you live your life and figure. I would have liked someone to shout
0: because life. I got on and it was sort of like, oh, this seems like a busy. I I feel like this is me. Ma- i don't know where this is going and then by the by the moment i figured out where i was it was like oh this is too late i'm on i can't go back because there's back too much beyond. i'm not turning around on the highway right now i'm gonna sprint right. to that next shoulder i
2: swear there's um, a, a skyline chili around here somewhere I yeah, <laughs> I gotta, I
0: yeah. look i'm it. just <laughs> trying to find a skyline chili you guys <laughs> nice i uh, uh, so, uh, hey, i don't know
1: if, if any, any of our Milwaukee listeners have not ridden over the Hone Bridge, it is uh, worth doing at least once. Bring a good crew of buddies with you, though. You want
2: some, uh, some padding <laughs> Numbers.
1: around you so people are sure to notice. So, but lots of fun.
2: Before, eight, before our normal 9 o'clock start time for recording at 8.54, this email came in to us from friend of the podcast, Michael Bodenheimer. You may know him from the media pit over on Cycross Radio. First off, to paraphrase Bill, the non-existence of road cycling season has been the best thing for the Slow Ride podcast yet. For your guys' (laughs) sake, I hope they cancel the rest of the season. (laughs) Second, yes, little guy, you should get Cofidis merch. Cofidis has been bad for so long that they've become cool. Kind of like when you see people wearing Montreal Expos gear. 100%.
0: Yep. I agree. Thank you. Thank you.
2: I think the super rookie is onto something with the box truck Strava hunt. Let's face it with no real rule with no real racing happening for this cat three elite. I've had to settle with stealing all the neighborhood KOMs. However, there is this one I haven't thought I haven't thought would always be out of reach until I heard Tim's brilliant idea. It should be noted that this is not my idea. This is my friend Joey's idea. I'm just uh-huh. don't, broadcasting.
1: Lawyers don't call Tam. <clears throat> Contact yeah. Joey. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this brings up an ethical question, however. Does grabbing a Stra- Strava KOM count if you are motor pacing? Keep up the great work, Michael. Um, mm.
0: Absolutely. Oof. I think it does on some streets. I think, I think it's, it's uh, street-dependent. Interesting. So, like Ohio, let's use Ohio in, in, in St. Paul. It's a it's a climb. Yeah. It's a very steep climb from the basically from the river up the bluff. I think one it wouldn't really help, but two that wouldn't count. But but a street that is always has a lot of traffic on it, like Marshall or something through St. Paul. There's always cars there. There's no time you could try to get that kom where there wouldn't be traffic there unless you went on the middle of the night. So I think the, the traffic is just part of part of it.
2: Okay, I. All right, Spencer. What do you think?
1: Uh, I mean, I think, I think if you're on your bicycle and you're pedaling it, and it's not an e-bike, that it should count. Okay. If if you come up with some strategy, some outlandish strategy like Tim <laughs> and his U-Haul truck, or some normal, I am. You know, I got a buddy on his Vespa to motor pace me because I'm training for my Ironman that I'm doing, uh, you know, next year or whatever. Like, if you're pedaling the bike and you did the work to go that fast, I think that's legit. Um, And it might be my Massachusetts bias because there are a bunch of pros that live out in the area and a ton of them do motor pacing because you have to, and they steal a bunch of KOMs from people. uh, not obviously not on purpose, but um, I don't think they should be flagged for that either. I
2: I agree with you. I will say this though: this is this is where Strava should call us for advice. Strava mm-hmm. failed in the very beginning with the creation of these segments to not allow like almost community crowdsourcing on what the segment should be. So when you get home from your ride, there's 800 segments that you hit, but really there's only like three or four that matter. So it would be nice if like segments in Strava were codified on like, okay, this is an important one that everyone understands. And the way to do that would be to crowdsource (laughs) like thumbs up or thumbs down on if this is a good segment or not, because then it'd be like a Reddit thread. Then the crappy ones go away because everyone, every city knows that the, like in St. Paul, Ohio street is a segment. It is an important one. And And there's two different lengths. There's like all the way past the high bridge. There's not. However, you get it. And you so get that, that that yeah, it doesn't matter where it up, starts.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. It brings up the other strategy, though, uh, common on Strava, which is you go up Ohio Street, you crush it, you do it as hard as you can. Your eyeballs are bleeding. You get to the top, you check your Strava. Oh, you didn't get it. Uh, and then you so you make a new segment that goes about eighty percent the way up, up yeah. Ohio Street, and ah, you've got it till yeah, that yeah. point. You just lost it's, it in the end. You fell apart. Um, and so now there's a new segment and you got a KOM and that's why there's going to be now two segments on yeah. Ohio street that don't make any sense. Well, it's like
2: Zwift. Zwift has like 9,000 segments on a fake Island and it's like, yeah. you know, how does Strava not just say like, okay, there's six segments on, and in, in Zwift land, like it, or yeah, get together
1: with Zwift and say, Hey, these it, are the ones that matter.
2: That is the yeah. one thing that I think Strava has completely failed in like the policing of the segments, like just crowdsource it like there's enough people yeah. that ride in these communities that know what the important segment is mm. anyway that was a good uh email we have two yeah. very quick very quick hash, hash hashtag aslo rides mark taylor hits us up hey guys just checking the odds for the tour de france bardet is 100 to 1 to win do you think it's worth a fiver or should i save my hard-earned cash uh yes put a 10 yeah i at 100 to 1 i think you yeah. have to He's, right? gonna, he's contract year, baby. Oh, yeah. It's contract year. I,
1: yeah, I, I, that's a fiver I'd spend for sure. Fiver of faith.
2: Christopher Richman hits us up on Twitter. Hey, guys. I've been listening to the pod for a while, and I guess what? You make me laugh sometimes. I have a comment about episode 304 and then a question. The comment is that you can't just say a lay once. It has to be said three times as at least... And it should be accompanied by a fist shake of encouragement. Ale ale ale. And my question has to do with Strava. I live in the mountains of Colorado and ride roads that were the race course Mm. for the now defunct Quiznos Pro Challenge race. I added (laughs) the Quiznos. I find it problematic (laughs) that about 30 pros riding in a peloton have the top KOM. Solo mortals can't compete. Should I flag these KOMs to get them removed or back in the hands of the proletariat and away from the elite? Or just let them be and be impressed. I'd like to tell you about when I beat Big George on a downhill, but running out of characters. Roll on. So, I think we just answered it. The The KOMs stay with whoever got it. So, the pros got it. It's a marker. Don't flag the ride. Just compare yourself against the elite of the elite. Or get yeah. a box truck. Yeah.
0: Go for 16th, man. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's a good number. Oh, it's just a random number
0: I'm throwing out.
2: Yeah. Um, get 16th. 16. Well, guys, once again, we failed to get to little guy's email the second week row. We'll bookmark that one. It's, it's a great segment. Can't wait. It's like wait. a
0: fine wine. It's aging. It's going to come good well, soon. Well,
2: this week we accomplished so much. The current ch- belt champions are Lachlan Morton and Carmen Alvarado. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com shop to find out how you can support our variety of podcasts, including your very own Slow Ride Podcast shirt. We'd also like to thank our friends over at Grimper Brothers, where the new jingle. I already forgot it. Uh, don't be a skimper, serve them Grimper. We'll fix that in post. Uh, <laughs> is there for you? Just head on over to com slash coffee to find the two great blends from our friends at Grimper Brothers and dot com for the Miracle Wap Chamois Cream. And once again, this is Tim in lovely and miserably hot Orlando, Florida. Uh,
0: this is Matt. Um, I'm here for all your tunes, advertising tune needs. Just hit me up in Minneapolis.
1: And this is Spencer in Boston. Stealing your Strava KOMs with a box truck and reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
1: the Grodio podcast.